to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word and be finding your way to the book of Colossians. Chapter 2 is the place where I feel like God has laid out an assignment for us tonight. I used to teach 4th, 5th, and 6th grade boys Sunday school when I first got into some teaching responsibility here at our church. And I remember every time we would go to Colossians, there was a young kid in the class that would try to correct me and say, actually, it's Galoshes. I was like, actually, that's what you wear when it rains. We're going to Colossians. You can get your Galoshes out later. So Colossians chapter 2 is where we're going to pick up tonight with part 2 of what we kicked off with last week, which was the theme of grow. And we looked at some specific areas that I feel like God desires to see us grow in over this next year that we have together. We talked about growing in our trust. We talked about growing in our knowledge and our consistency. We talked about growing in these areas in, in which God has laid out in front of us and how growth is an expected part of the life of a believer. And so we've kind of got our focus areas laid out. Now let's talk about how we're going to see growth happen over this next year that we have together. And I believe we find that from Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to pick up reading in verse 6. And Paul's writing to these believers, and he says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul was perhaps the greatest church planner to ever walk the planet. God used him in a tremendous way to go from city to city to build relationships with the people in those places and ultimately lead them to a relationship with Christ and then help them in establishing a church before he went on to the next place. So most of his writings that we have scattered throughout the New Testament are letters that he is writing to the churches that he helped plant. And one constant theme that you can find in all of these letters, one consistent concern, one consistent passion that he has for each and every one of these bodies of believers is that they would grow in their relationship and in their walk with Christ. He always wanted to check in and ensure these believers were growing, not just in number, not just in attendance, but primarily in their day-to-day -day walk with Christ. And this is the case with these believers as he writes to them. You can tell it is encouragement. You can kind of hear it in his voices. Challenge to them is to keep growing in Christ. And before we get any deeper into this tonight, let me give you something to hold right here. Growth will always need accountability to continue. Growth will always need accountability if it's going to continue. I noticed something a few Sundays back at church one morning, and I kind of just made a mental note of it ever since. But I would bet that on any given Sunday morning around here, I get somewhere from 20 to 30 how are you doings every single Sunday morning. I stand at various doors throughout our campus, welcome people as they come in. I'm in one area, I'm in another area, I'm in another area. And 20 to 30 times, I would say as a conservative guest, somebody passes me, they say, good morning, how are you doing? And that's good. I feel like that's a pretty standard greeting that we use when we don't really know what else to say to the person that we're meeting. How are you doing? And I'm not trying to get rid of that greeting, but maybe we could advocate for a new one as I got to thinking about it the other day. 
And I, that's what I would kind of like to see us do. Instead of greeting each other at church with a, how are you doing? I would like to see us ask each other, how are you growing? I tell you what, let's go ahead and try it right now. Find somebody around you and ask them, how are you growing? How are you growing? How are you growing? Like I said, growth needs accountability. What if every time we step foot inside the body of believers, the community of believers that we call family, somebody with a word of accountability asks us how we're growing? I think if that was the case, we probably wouldn't have so many lengthy seasons in between growth in our life. How are you growing? How do we see growth take shape? How are we going to experience growth throughout this semester? How are you going to experience growth in your spiritual walk with Christ? How are you going to experience growth in your intimacy with him in a way in which you never have before? And I think using Paul's framework, we can pull some things out here that will help. So check out what he says with me again. He says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, I've got to take a moment right here and ask, have you received Christ Jesus. Because, guys, the whole premise of what we do in this place hinges on the life-saving gospel message of Jesus Christ and understanding that the Bible has made it very clear to us that every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the wages of our sin is death. So because of our sin, because of our rebellion against a holy, righteous, and just God, we are separated from him, and the punishment of that is death and eternal separation from him in a very real place the Bible describes as hell. But God in his love and in his grace and in his mercy was not content to allow us to go to that place without him doing something about it. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live a perfect, sinless life, to die a sacrificial death on a cross, taking a place that should have been ours, voluntarily spilling his blood to make atonement for our sins so that if we will come and confess our sins and profess him as Lord with our mouth, then we shall be saved, we shall be redeemed, we shall be renewed, we shall be restored. So let me ask you tonight, have you actually received Christ Jesus as Lord? Because if the answer to that question is not, yes, I have, then all this other stuff that we are fixing to talk about is completely irrelevant to this particular point in your life. There is nothing more important that you can leave this place with tonight than a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. The things that you have said, God's grace covers a multitude of sins. And he stands ready to welcome you into a relationship with him tonight if you will come to him and admit your need for him. Listen, the devil will trick you into thinking it's like the most shameful, embarrassing thing to ever admit that you have sinned and that you need a savior. That's such a ridiculous lie. Because like I just said, the Bible shows us that all have sinned. Look around this room right now. If you're a sinner... You're in great company because every single person in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the beauty of that is, is that you take one step towards Christ and the steps that he's already taken towards you and that sin and shame and guilt is completely removed and wiped away. Don't leave this place tonight without knowing 
Jesus. But for those of us who have, in order to experience growth, you need to realize that nutrients matter. So how are you going to experience growth this semester? How are you going to see growth take shape in your life? Well, I think the first thing that you've got to realize is that nutrients matter. So looking at what Paul said back in verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You know the thing that farmers spend the most of their efforts on as they get ready to plant seeds for the upcoming harvest? It's not worrying about the equipment. It's not worrying about the specific seed that they're going to plant. It's not worrying about the weather forecast. It's ground maintenance. They spend more time obsessing over ground maintenance, making sure that they have a fertile plot of soil, making sure to check the pH levels to make sure that they're where they need to be for what they're trying to plant, spreading fertilizer to make sure that they maximize the potential of the soil that they're going to put the seed in because it's from the ground that the seed is going to receive most of its nutrients from. Now, yes, absolutely, it needs rain and it needs sun, but we're not in control of those factors. If the seed lacks good, fertile soil, it doesn't really matter how much rain or how much sunlight exposure that it gets. It will not be able to take in the nutrients that is required for it to grow to its maximum potential. So farmers take painstaking efforts to make sure that they fertilize their soil to make it as good as it could possibly be before they ever even put the seed in the ground. Because if they lack good soil, growth will either be minimal or non-existent whatsoever. The same is true for our bodies as they're growing during our formative years. They need the right nutrients that will encourage and enhance growth within our physical bodies in that process. As a matter of fact, we as humanity see nutrients as such an important thing that the FDA requires that these things be displayed on each and every product that you buy. Every product in our grocery section is labeled with something on the side that usually looks like a white box. And at the top, you know what it has written at the top? Nutrition facts. So the FDA sees nutrients as such an important thing that it is required by these companies that produce them to list on the side of their product the nutrition facts. So every ingredient, everything that's put into that, and the quantity of which is put in it has to be labeled on the side so that you can be aware of what it is that you're fixing to put inside of your body. Nutritional facts. So when it comes to our spiritual growth and development, once again, nutrients matter. So let me say this. There are some nutrition facts that you need to be aware of if you're going to grow in your walk and in your relationship with Christ. In other words, for spiritual growth, it's a fact that you're going to need these things. The first of which is this, the Word of God. It is a nutritional fact, ladies and gentlemen, that if you are going to grow in your walk with Christ, that you have to have a steady daily diet intake of God's Word in your life, apart from which you're not going to experience growth. You're not going to, to get any closer. You're not going to grow in your intimacy with God if you never spend time taking in His Word. Psalm 119 is perhaps the greatest chapter in all of Scripture when it comes to explaining and laying out and detailing the importance that God's Word should take within our respective lives. So I'm just going to highlight a few verses 
that this psalmist put down in regards to God's word. So in Psalm 119 and verse 20, he says this, My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Verses 33 and 36 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Verses 47 and 48 says, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. And then verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Do you have that kind of relationship with God's word? Would you describe it in such a way as the psalmist just did because it holds that kind of importance in your life? If we're going to experience growth, God's word has to be something that we meditate on day in and day out. God's word has to be something that we find delight in. I will be honest with you. There are certain days that I have to force myself to get into the scriptures. Not every day do I wake up and get God's word out and think, man, this is such a delight. Now, I'm not going to stand here and act like I'm somebody that I'm not in front of y'all. And some of you may have never heard a pastor say such a thing. Oh, my goodness. He's a pastor. He just said every day he doesn't delight in the Word of God. 100%. I'm flesh and bone just like every single one of y'all. There are days that I sit in front of this book and I read two chapters. And I'm just like, what? What does this have to do with my life? How does this apply? How does this, how does this draw itself out in the midst of what I'm going through? There are days that I battle there are days that I have to grind to spend time in God's Word. But listen to me, guys. That's why it's a discipline. Some of you go to the gym every single day whether you want to or not. Every single one of y'all go to class for the most part every single day whether you want to or not. It's funny the things, it's funny the extracurricular temporal things that we will just daily grind at. Yet when it comes to establishing the discipline of spending time in God's word, how easily we'll just give up and walk away from it. Don't tell me, don't tell me that you want to grow if you have no desire to place this as a priority in your life. You, it's a fact. It is a nutritional fact. You need God's word to grow. But you also need prayer. It's a nutritional fact that you need prayer to grow in your relationship. A healthy prayer life correlates to a healthy, growing spiritual walk. Paul says walk in him. Well, listen to me. Walking in him means also talking to him. Making time each and every day to have conversation with your heavenly Father. Making time each and every day to interact with him, to, to go to him with, with your supplications, to go to him with your intercessions, to go to him with your worries and your stresses and your anxiety, to go to him in thanksgiving like we did in praise earlier. Make it a habit to spend time in conversation with God. Listen, my most fervent seasons of prayer in my life have also been my greatest seasons of growth. And that's not by accident. They are directly correlated between one another. When I, when I spend time in prayer, when I spend time in conversation, when I spend time pressing into God through prayer, I experience the greatest seasons of growth that I've ever experienced in my life. And the same would be true in your life. Don't expect to grow if you never have a conversation with your Savior, it's a nutritional fact. You need prayer. 
It's a fact that you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us into all things, including growth. Listen to what John 16, 13 says. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. If you're going to experience growth this year, you've got to lean in and depend upon the Holy Spirit. Listen, the cool thing is, is when we come into a relationship with Christ, we are then indwelled with his Holy Spirit. So each of you that have confessed Christ as your Savior, you now walk around with the indwelling Holy Spirit of Christ living within you. But the cool thing is, is that each and every day, God says that we can ask him to fill us with his Spirit. We're already indwelled with his Spirit, but we can go to him and ask him to fill us with his Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says just that, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then in Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let it also keep in step with the Spirit. So each and every day, we need to make it a point to ask God to fill us with his Spirit as we go about our day-to-day routine. If you want to grow this year in your relationship with God, ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And Paul says, so walk in him. Walking in him, let me tell you what that is. All that is is meditating on his word, talking to him in prayer, keeping in step with his Spirit. As a parent, I've learned a lot over the past couple of years. It's amazing the lessons that your kids will teach you. But I've learned how obsessed people and healthcare providers in particular can get over growth charts. And Graham, our son, he's going to be three in November. He was born six weeks premature. So like as far as growth chart standards go, he was already behind the curve. And so it's kind of funny because every time we go to the doctor, like, you know, he's doing good, he's doing good, he's progressing, but he's always behind on the growth chart. And every time we would know, hey, he's behind on the growth chart. He's at this percentile as far as weight goes. And we're like, we know. He was six weeks early. (laughs) He'll get there. And we're like shoveling food in his mouth. I mean, the kid eats nonstop. He just won't gain any weight. God, I wish that was true for my own life. But I, I begin to see how quickly parents, how quickly health care providers can obsess over growth charts. And then the moment your child falls behind, one of the first things that they want to know is, well, what's the nutritional value of his diet? What's he eating? And you know that's valid because growth stunts with invalid nutrients. You can't grow if you're not getting the right stuff. So let me ask you something. When you look at the health of your spiritual life, when you look at your relationship with Christ, when you look at your walk with God, what's your nutritional value look like? Have you gotten behind on the growth chart a little bit? If so, get back to the good nutrition of God's word. Get back to the good nutrition of spending time in prayer. Get back to the good nutrition of being led and guided and filled by his Holy Spirit, and growth will start to come. I promise. If you're going to grow, here's the second thing, second highlight. You've got to be rooted, not wrapped. So look at verse 7. Paul says, being in Christ, be rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith. So Paul goes on in telling these people to be rooted, to be built up, to be established. So in other words, having a a strong, deep root system is essential for the growth and health of any plant or tree in this natural world. 
Paul uses the same imagery for us. If we want to grow, if we want to experience a healthy, vibrant, fruitful life in Christ, we've got to be deeply rooted in him. Now, listen, the emphasis is where? In him. Everybody say, in him. I don't think it can be overstated enough. The emphasis of your roots are to be found in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Now, I'm making a big deal out of this, and you're going to see it here in a minute Here in a minute, while, while I'm doing that. So let me show you something. I've been growing myself here lately. This guy's been showing me some things. Location, location, location. Where you choose to dig your roots is so important. And we're going to speak to this in the context of relationships because what God has been showing me over the past few weeks is that primarily roots are relational. So we got to go to Psalm chapter 1 real quick. And I'm going to read three verses out of that psalm. And listen to what the psalmist says. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel or the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not weather. And all that he does, he prospers. Can I be, can I be honest? You won't get your feelings hurt. I promise. I promise. Some of you aren't experiencing growth because of who you've chosen to plant yourself by. You're walking with the wrong crowd. You're standing in the wrong places. And you're sitting in the wrong seats. And because of that, there's no longer any growth in your life. You've got to be very, very careful of the relationships that your roots are in. Now, hear me say this. I'm not saying that we as a body of believers completely separate ourselves from friendships and relationships with people who need Jesus. I obviously understand that. We have to be in the world, but not of the world. I got that. Every time I've made a comment about this in the past with somebody, it seems like they quote that verse back to me. I'm like, I know. Like, I, got, I get what you say. I understand that. So I'm not saying to separate yourself from the people in your life that need Jesus. But what I am saying is that you don't have to put roots in that relationship. You can still be a witness to them. You can still let your testimony of Christ and what he's done in your life be lived out in front of them. But you don't have to dig your roots in them. And some of you, like the psalmist says, because you're walking with these people, you're standing in these places, you're sitting in these seats, you're starting to wither away spiritually. Because you have planted yourself in those places. And it's beginning to take its toll on you. Listen to me. If they're encouraging you to rebellion more than they are to righteousness, you don't need roots in that relationship. That's why Paul, along with the psalmist, says to be rooted in Jesus. It says in verse 3, those who are rooted in Christ, he's like a tree planted by streams of water. To be planted gives the idea, it gives the image of being rooted. So we have this tree that symbolizes us being planted in Christ, being rooted in Christ, and it's planted by a stream of water. And the benefit to that is, is because of where that tree has chosen to place its roots. It's always fruitful. Always fruitful. 
It's always prosperous. It's always healthy. Why? Because its roots are tapped into a source that never dries up and only benefits its health. And some of us need to understand that, that you're allowing yourself to continue in specific relationships that are only causing you to wither. When Christ says, you can be planted in me, I'm like a well of eternal life springing up inside of you that never runs dry. Plant yourself in me and you will always be fruitful. You'll always be, you'll be healthy. You'll be prosperous. And that's not saying that you're always going to be in good health physically or you're going to make all the money in the world. But God will give you life and life abundant. Jesus promises to give us that very thing. So some of you need to check where you're planted at. And if it's somewhere that you don't need to have roots in, then it's time to pick up and move them back into Christ so you can continue to experience growth in him. So let me get back to the whole premise of this point. If you want to grow, you need to be rooted, not wrapped. A few weeks ago, there was this massive vine that was growing up the side of our house. And you couldn't see it from the front, but on the back side, like we've got a fenced-in backyard. And if we ever move out of our house, I will never have another chain-link fence ever. Because all that thing is good for is just having junk grow all over it. So this vine had grown up the side of the chain link fence, and it had gone up the side of the gutter on the house, and it had gotten up like all the way to the roof, like it was on top of the roof. And it's kind of shameful to even admit that I let it get to this point. But I walk outside one day, and I look at it, and it's literally like coming over the side of the deck. It's like wrapped around the legs of my grill, and I'm like, okay, this is enough. So I go inside and I put my gloves on. I'm like, I'm getting rid of this problem. I'm tired of seeing this. It's like literally going to eat the house if I don't do something about it. So I put my gloves on and I go outside and just with a couple of effortless tugs, pulled it off the house, wadded it up and threw it away. Also, I have a stump in my backyard. And for about three years, the first three years me and Ashley lived in that house, it was my determination to get rid of that stump. I would, she can tell you, I would go out every single afternoon. I would hack. I would saw. I would beat on. I would yank. I would pull. I would tug. I would kick. I would do everything that I could to get that big, ugly stump out of my yard. For three years, that was my obsession. If you walked into my backyard right now, stump's still there. Vine's gone, but the stump is still there. Listen to me, those two things can summarize our relationship with Christ. Some are like the vine. They're all wrapped around Jesus, but they're not rooted in Jesus. And so the slightest tug or the slightest trial, the slightest hardship, the slightest form of adversity that comes into their lives and they fall right off. But some are like the stump. They're rooted in Christ. Life can beat on them. The enemy can attack them. Adversity can knock down their door. They never move. Why? Because they're rooted. They're not wrapped. Let me ask you something. Which one are you? Are you rooted or are you wrapped? Where have you planted yourself? Paul says to be rooted and built up. So listen to me. If you want to grow up, you've got to first grow down. The root comes before the build. Rooted and built up. So which one are you guys? Are, are you rooted in Christ or are you just kind of wrapped around Christ? 
you're clinging to him with all you've got. But every time something happens that's unexpected, every time a trial shows up, it seems to shake you loose and you lose your grip for a minute and you have to find your way back and wrap onto him again. That's not the essence of the relationship that he desires for you to have with him. He says, be rooted in me. Dig down deep. So when the trials of life come, when the rains come and the floods rise, you won't be pulled off. You'll still be strong in me. One last thing. If you're going to experience growth this semester, there has to be adequate space. So go back to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to skip down to verse 11. And listen to what Paul says here. He says, in him, he's talking about in Jesus, in him also you were circumcised of the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made a life together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Aren't you thankful, if nothing else tonight, that Jesus took your record of debt and canceled it against his cross? Back to growth. Growth is facilitated by providing enough space to encourage it. And we can actually see a perfect example of this in forest management. In our area especially, we've got a lot of pine trees. Like there are just pine trees everywhere. And with that, they can become very easily overpopulated. And if you ever go by a stand of pine trees that's overpopulated, it's real easy to see how it's detrimental to their growth because most of them are really tiny. They're real spindly. And if you go walking out through them, you'll notice something else about them is that they never have any pine cones in them, which means they're not germinating. They're, they're not bearing. It's not that a pine tree can bear fruit, but if it could, the pine cone is kind of the deal. So there's no pine cones. There's no fruit being bare. There's no life in them. They're just kind of there. They're just kind of coexisting amongst each other, and they look sickly. Why is that? Because of the competition. There's so many trees in that one specific area that they don't have enough adequate space for them to grow. So every time their branches try to get out, they bump into something beside them, and so everything just kind of gets stumped together. The trunk is the same way. It tries to expand, but as it does so, it, it knocks into another tree beside it, so it stays real spindly. The roots try to grow out so they can get the nutrients that it needs, but as it does so, it's running into all these other roots that are intertwined in the ground with all the other trees that are around it, and so they just look sick. And so what we do to manage that, what foresters do to manage that is they will prescribe like medicine from a doctor what they call a select cut. So they will go in and they will cut out a certain number of trees so that they can then provide adequate space for the remaining trees to facilitate growth in their life so that they can get bigger. They select cut out specific ones to provide adequate space for everybody else to grow. Hold on to that for a second. Paul reminds us that when Jesus becomes our Lord, he removes or he cuts away our old life. 
That's what he's talking about of the circumcision that was made without hands. When you come to Christ and you put your faith in him, Paul's saying that Jesus enters into your life and he cuts away that old nature. He cuts away that old sinful way of living and he gets rid of it. Why? To facilitate growth of the new life that he has brought into you. The way we lived before, the fleshly things we used to enjoy doing, the way we used to even think, all those things that competed to sit on the throne of our heart along with Christ, he cut them out and did away with them. But listen to me. That doesn't mean that over time those things don't attempt to regrow. That's where God steps in again. And he prunes us of the things that don't belong. Listen to what John says in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Speaking of his father, Jesus speaks. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So God enters into our life, and he does this pruning work. He cuts away. Why? So that we can bear more fruit for his glory. And the reason why perhaps you haven't grown in so long is because you've allowed too many things that Jesus cut out to grow back in. Let me say it one more time. One of the reasons perhaps why you haven't grown lately is because you've let too many things that Jesus cut out to grow back into your life. And because of that, those things are beginning to compete once again for your affection. Those things compete for your passions. Those things compete for your pursuit. And it's crowding and it's choking Jesus out of your life. If we're going to grow, we've got to allow the pruning process to take place. So what's that look like? I don't know. It could be different for each and every one of us. Maybe it looks like there's some relationships that need to be cut out. Maybe there's some hobbies that, as bad as we wouldn't want them to be, they need to be cut out. Why? Because they're competing for our affection. Maybe social media needs to be cut out. Maybe Netflix needs to be cut out. I'll tell you what, though, speaking of Netflix... I wish we could get on a binge with this. How many of you yourself admittedly binge watch? I'm not going to come down off stage and hit you with a microphone or anything, but like, seriously, how many of you have been binge watched a season before? Don't you lie, you bunch of self-righteous people. We've all done that. We sit there and we start a season of something. Season one, episode one. Five hours later, Season 10, episode 12. You're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What if we'd get on a bench of Jesus? How much growth would we see? What if we cut out all the things that competed for his authority and his affection in our life? What if we made space for him to grow us once again? The way in which we experienced it one time. What does Jesus need to cut out so you can grow up? I'm going to finish with this. You know, before you guys ever get here, you prayed for. And that doesn't just include the day. That includes the weeks, the months leading up to these points. But I was praying through the day today. And I was walking around the campus of the church, and I was like, God, 
I want so badly to see you glorified in our growth. So will you bring it? Will you bring growth? I, I prayed this today. I was like, will you bring growth to our community? That was a quick answer. I was like, God, would, would you bring growth to your kingdom? I'm hoping for that answer after the service. Would you bring growth to your kingdom in the form of salvations? People coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, laying down their lives before you, ridding them of themselves to be filled with everything of you. Would you grow your kingdom? God, would you grow our faith? Would you grow the faith of these men and women to a depth that it's never gone to before? And as I'm praying that, as I'm walking around the campus, the Spirit began to speak to me. And I look over in the corner and I see a ficus tree. You don't know what a ficus tree is? Churches are like obsessed with these things. I'll tell you what, real quick, hold on. I bet I can find one. Because they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. I'll be right back. I'm not going to leave you alone, Matt. I'm coming back. Ficus trees. They're everywhere in the church. Here we go. I told you it wouldn't take long to find one. Here we go. This is a good example. It's funny because it's true, right? Like churches are obsessed with ficus trees. I don't know why. Why do we put these things in our buildings? Y'all think there's going to be ficus trees in heaven? You think so, Matt? I hope not. I look over and I see, that, see a tree. And I begin to look at it and I'm like, it's funny the things that the Spirit will use to teach you. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, you know that thing's here every week? It's nice and green. It's always green. Like even in the middle of winter, everything's dead outside. The ficus tree is green. It's here every single week. But you know what? It's never grown an inch. It's always been the same size. It's always had the same branches. It's always had the same amount of leaves. Unless some kid came out of the nursery and got a hold of it, of course. I took a few off. And I began to pray and cause conviction overwhelm me. I was like, God, how many of us have a ficus faith? We're here every single week. You hear the word of God. You sing the songs, you know the words. You're in a small group. You go on the mission trips. You do all those things. But you know, if you're honest, you haven't truly grown an inch in a long time. Your life, your walk with Christ, it still looks just like it did five years ago. There hasn't been any real growth. I mean, it looks good, right? Everything about that looks healthy and vibrant and fruitful. But there's no growth. So that's how I want to finish up tonight. You can put your stuff up and bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. We go into a time of worship and response. 
Hey, listen, I, I know the room's big. I know there's people here. A lot of which you may not know or have met before, but guys, I, I'm begging you tonight, like, to get on your face before God and ask Him to bring growth. To no longer be content with where you've been, where you're at. To swallow your pride and get down before him and admit, God, I know all the things. I can sing all the words. I can do all the motions. I can go on the trips. I've got some Bible verses memorized. But I can't tell you the last time I really, truly grew in you. I'm malnutritioned. I'm not getting what I need. I've allowed myself to become just quite simply wrapped around you and not rooted in you. I've crowded my life once again with the things that you died to cut out. God, I need help tonight. I need you to put me back on a growth plan because I want to know you in a greater way. I want to live for you in more obedience. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through his word here at Life.